0: So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. It's time for episode 57 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown. And as we approach high school sports starting up again, we talk about cheerleading and the possible inclusion into the Ohio High School Athletic Association. One thing's for sure, this episode will make you jump and cheer, or toss your mobile device at the nearest wall and scream at this podcaster. Your experience may vary. Welcome to the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the local Sunday Sports Podcast. In this weekly podcast, Lee W. Mowen brings the sports world of Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio, to you, the listener. Visit theleewmowen.com, spelled T-H-E-L-E-E-W-M-O-W-E-N, to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and the links to follow along on social media. Music is provided by freestockmusic.com. And now, for the latest edition on everything Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports, here's Lee W. Mowen. How do you all like that new opening? Yes, today, when I'm recording this, which is August 15th, in case you needed to know, I was on an opening and closing kick for the Gem City Sports Network. I made several openings and a closing for the upcoming fall 2018 broadcasts on GCSN. So next week when I do the broadcast schedules of stations and everything for high school football, I'll bring that up. But when you listen to those broadcasts and you hear the opening and closing, just remember I made them then again I don't think you have to remember because my voice is in them so there we go I'm quite proud of that and I'm quite proud of this new opening that I made I like the theme again freestalkmusic.com I quite enjoyed it so I was like yeah why not so onwards to episode 57 that's right this week is a two episode week why is that? I don't know But this is talking about making competitive cheerleading a sanctioned sport in the Ohio High School Athletic Association. It's something that I found last month on the website statelinesportsnetwork.net, so in case you like to read this for yourself, you're more than welcome to. There's no author listed on here, unless I'm not looking at the right place, so I can't properly credit who wrote it. So I'm sorry about that, but you can go read it there. I'm not going to read through the entire article. I'll bring up some of the points that I found were important. I will say there is a tweet on top of the article talking about the Kenton Wildcats, Kenton High School. The KHS Wildcat cheerleaders attended the Universal Cheerleaders Association camp at BGSU. The team, along with surrounding Ohio cheerleading teams, competed camp-wide for numerous awards. KHS Cheer went home with first place in their rally routine. Hashtag Wildcat Pride, Paul Prince of Wildcat, I guess, and trophy Icon. There's an emoji. I didn't think emojis were anything that weren't faces, but I don't know. I feel like now I gotta shake my blue snowball microphone and yell, get off my lawn! But there we go. So that's the tweet. First thing you see on the website, and I'll go over the important points that I jotted down. With the adoption of lacrosse two years ago, it's still growing, and I think Miamisburg is still the youngest school to have state-sanctioned lacrosse, but if I'm wrong, yell at me at the normal address. With the adoption of lacrosse two years ago, it opens the door for many different emerging sports, in quotes, with the creation of an emerging sport category. Now, back in the day previous rules state that in order for a sport to be you know issued and sanctioned by the state you need 250 teams there's a lot of high schools in the miami valley alone i feel like just in what is that 12 13 counties in ohio there's over 200 so if every school in the miami valley had it i'm sure that's enough Again, if I'm wrong, yell at me, but I know there's a lot of schools around here, especially in Montgomery County, and that's not counting Cincinnati schools or the Cincinnati tri-state area in Ohio. There's a lot more down south, too, so my coverage area on this podcast, I don't know. One day I'll count all the high schools that we have, and then I might announce in episode 58 when I do the high school football episode, but there we go. So again, previous rules state that a sport needs 250 teams or schools to have the sport before it's considered and added. Now with this category, it also adds an emerging sport committee, which quite possibly in 10 years, going back an episode, might be esports, might be high schoolers getting in on this. High schoolers play video games. Trust me, I played some video games while I was in high school. And then I just I didn't have enough money to buy more and I kind of stopped playing them. So there you go. There's no recommendation to add competitive cheerleading for the 2018-19 school year. So the earliest you'll see it as a competitive and sanctioned sport would be 2019-2020. Because they'll have their meeting and everything and go over it. California just implemented the sport in the CIF. The NAIA also had a competitive cheerleading about five years ago. Now, NAIA, as you might know, is kind of like the alternative to NCAA. It's another body of colleges, except NCAA is much, much bigger than the NAIA. In the Miami Valley alone, I think, counting Lima, I guess, there's, what, Wilberforce, Northwestern Ohio, I've feel like I'm missing one Indiana University East that's in the Miami Valley technically Um, you know I don't have the handy dandy notebook where I say all the high schools and everything right in front of me so I'm guessing there's a handful in Cincinnati and Ohio Wilberforce IU East Northwestern Ohio i think there's one in cincinnati thomas moore will be in the naia the next year not this year they're independent in division three ncaa does not consider it a sport but they do have great opportunities like scholarships for cheerleaders but it's not you know ncaa presents here's the cheerleading bout i'm also going to throw this out right now. You probably already know this, but I don't know cheerleading terms. This is coming from a guy that freshman year not only did I try to get into WWSU, and I succeeded, write for the Wright State University newspaper, which I did for a year, and then I didn't get hired back, and try to be on the video production team. I tried out for cheerleading. Yeah. Yeah. I' pretty glad that you know it was about two weeks. I went to practices and that was it. I don't think I would have made a good cheerleader. Let's be, let's be real. Cheerleading, you need to be in shape. You need to be able to grab your partner, throw him in the air, and then catch him. If you remember, this is probably like 15 years back, but a long time ago, there was a cheerleader that died after she was she fell on the floor and no one caught her. She hit her head on the basketball court that hard at uh University of Illinois. And that was that was a shame. That was really scary. But cheerleading is everywhere. High school, college. It's nothing new. What is new is trying to make it a sanctioned sport where you have bouts. Let's take Let's take wrestling for example. You'll have you'll have duels. You'll have duels with your opponent, like Valley View hosting Bellbrook. You'll have invitationals like Eaton hosting a bunch of schools, like Valley View and I think Bellbrook too. I don't know why I'm sticking with those three schools, but stick with me. They'll have an invitational and they'll have a lot of mats, like the Greater Miami Valley Wrestling Association. Last year, how many teams do we have? Forty-eight at Vandalia Butler. On six mats and two auxiliary ones by the weight room. Think of it something like that. Except you're not wrestling, obviously. You're cheerleading. Cheerleading takes a lot of skill. Like I mentioned, you have to be in great shape. You have to be able to catch people. You have to be able to balance. And balancing, my friends, is something I don't do well. So... Again, going back to when I tried out for it in college, I don't think I would have been great at it. Maybe as the mascot, but... uh, So cheerleading to me, as a sanctioned sport in Ohio, (coughs) Uh, excuse me, I think it's a great idea. You have more competition in the winter, Basketball is going to be your crown sport in Ohio and Indiana, obviously. In 49 states, it's basketball, but that's Indiana. We're in Ohio, so there we go. With flying to the hoop at Trent Arena and Kettering, I mean, that's one of the biggest events. Wrestling is fairly big. Ice hockey, I wish it was bigger in southwest Ohio, but it's still a fairly large sport in this state. It would give you something else to do in the wintertime. You know, you have a, a, let's say, a cheer meet, and then afterwards come out and watch the hockey game or go to the basketball game, watch the wrestling meet, and backtrack type of thing. It would make gyms a little more busy. Again, going on scheduling, you can't have a wrestling and cheerlead. Well, you might be able to cheerleading than wrestling. I don't know. I'm not an athletic director. I can't say, you know, how easy it is to schedule because it's not you already have the cheerleaders why not make it a sanctioned sport where you you know you can have state champs more banners to hang from your rafters or anymore it's walls you see championship banners hang by the rafters anymore i know twin valley south the banners hang on the wall i know Every other place, a high school that I've been to lately, have some on the wall. It's just it's just something you don't hang banners by the rafters anymore. I mean, high school wise, Wright State they have a couple of the banners: the two retired Raiders and Kim Demings and and Bill Edwards, and also Ralph Underhill for his near four hundred wins in his career. Wright State the Ice hockey championship banner right Wright State still hangs up, and that makes me very happy. It was right next to the Dayton Bombers ones before they folded. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. I'm talking about banners and rafters and everything. I'm talking about cheerleading. So I'll go back to the article. The National Federation of State High School Associations, luckily just shortened to NFHS, the rules are already in place so you don't have to go through and it's like but we need this rule we need that rule that lady tumbled and her shoe fell off therefore it's disqualified no how can you call that a disqualification you don't have to argue about rules i actually don't know if that's a rule or not i assume it would be but like i said my knowledge on cheerleading it's yeah you know leave it to the pros So, you don't have to worry about rules, and my personal opinion, you don't have to worry about, you know, the cheerleaders, because can you name a high school that doesn't have cheerleaders? Not off the top of my head, I can't, but you know, I'm not, when I'm at high schools to broadcast games, I'm not there to look at the cheerleaders, I'm there to call a game. So, you know, there might be schools that do that, but again, if I'm wrong, shout at me at the normal address going back to the article to read a little bit more, like I mentioned, I'm not going to read for the whole thing. This most recent survey from the NFHS is pretty interesting. NFHS member state associations. There's more than 400,000 cheerleaders in high school, in the United States alone. And as of 2016-2017, about 144,000 of those are involved of competitive spirit squads the 2016-17 nfhs high school athletics participation survey lists competitive spirit as the ninth most popular sport for girls there's also about thirty five thousand in dance or drill slash pom-pom teams according to the same survey and then underneath this it shows in illinois belvedere north varsity co-ed 2017 state finals And they were champions. Congrats go out to them. Many state associations have very successful competitive cheerleading programs. Illinois is one of them. Their state competitions bring in big crowds for state events and those scheduled events during the school year. I mentioned, like, a regular season type of thing. I, I don't know if that would ever be a thing or not. But think about it. You can take some of the biggest arenas around here, the Nutter Center, University of Dayton Arena, you can have like regionals or districts, and then go in Columbus, maybe a Nationwide, maybe at um not St. John, the Ohio State one, yeah, that one this is a podcast about Cincinnati and Dayton the third arena would be nice, U.S. Bank if they ever get it renovated, that would be super but, you know We'll see. Also, a little funny story a little bit later. Not quite Sunday sports, but we'll talk about it a little bit. I mentioned NAIA already. Five years. They added it as a national sponsored sport. It gives those student-athletes a chance to compete at a higher level. Like I said, NCAA does not, but it gives scholarships just for using their abilities at a very high level in college. In 2016... Cheerleading was awarded provisional recognition by the International Olympic Committee, or the IOC. But there's no word on when medals will be rewarded. And then there's a 2017 Ohio cheer competition from the Covington Buccaneers here on on youtube on the article again stateline sportsnetwork.net they cover a lot of northern miami valley stuff we're talking like salina maria stein we're talking north of dark county sometimes dark county and then they'll cover a lot of illinois stuff and everything in between which as far as i know is the state of indiana if i'm wrong on that well, i'm not wrong on that let's be honest Ohio itself does conduct a state competitive cheer state championship that's sponsored not by the OHSAA, but by the Ohio Association of Secondary School Administrators. Depending on who you discuss this with, as the article reads, some might say it's a good thing not to have the OHSAA involved at this time. You can form your own opinions on that one way or another. One of the positives in keeping state associations away from the sport was the American Association of Cheerleading Coaches and Advisors, or the AACCA, AAWCA. In 2015, the group said its position paper that would prefer that state associations not adopt cheer as a sport. And the same organization would also prefer to see cheer classified as an athletic activity. So teams would not be subject to state association transfer rules, limited practice time, fundraising restrictions, and limits on travel and national competition. Fair enough. I can see, I can see that side of the coin. I mean, if you have the OHSAA in it, I mean, you hear all the time about the transfer rule, where if you transfer, I think now the rule is you could play in the first half, but after that, second half and playoffs? No. We're talking about transfers like, you know, big names type of thing. You're going there to play and you're not, you know, you're not just moving. You're moving to a higher level of high school this thought deteriorated quickly but i guess what i'm trying to say is you're not just moving for a new job or something like that the transfer rule is to make sure that one school doesn't muscle up on you know start studded talent. that maybe one school has one and then you know once it's transferred bam there you go so there's both sides of the coin to that to have it state-sponsored but what do you think What's your thought out there, the listener? Do you want to see cheerleading added as an OHSAA-sanctioned sport, or do you want it to just still be an activity outside of the realm of Ohio high school-affiliated sports? For me personally, I like to see more of it because, again, cheerleading, you have to be in tip-top shape and you're not just jumping up and down. I mean, when I jump, I land on my feet, then I was like, ow, and my feet hurt for like three weeks. You you might mock me at this point saying, it's not a sport, all you do is jump and then shake pom poms and everything. Well, you still have to be in shape to jump. Like I said, I can't do it. I'm in, well, I'm some sort of shape, but, you know, there you go. So that's something that might be a thing next year or in the upcoming years. Like I mentioned, with the emerging sport category, there might be more things added to sports around here. I think we got a nice balance here in Ohio with soccer, football, tennis, golf, track and field and cross country, basketball, ice hockey. Definitely love ice hockey around here field hockey even. Kettering Fairmont's got a field hockey team, which is pretty cool. I mean, what do you think? I think because there's so many out there that are already doing it, why not? But there we go. And that takes care of episode 57's topic, cheer for your spot in the OHSAA is what I'm titling it unless it's different then you'll know it's different because it's not the same title imagine that next week is episode 58 and it's the high school football episode and I'm really excited for that I'll try to scrounge up more schedules on football broadcasts so you can listen to as much football as your ears can or of course you know you can go to the games and watch it with your own eyes there's that option too Like I mentioned, it's not an episode where I'm going to be like, this team plays then. This team plays then. Oh, look at this team. They're playing there. I'm not going to do that because that's going to be like a 12-hour episode just to get through all the Miami Valley ones, and there's Cincinnati too. I think this week starts football in Indiana and Kentucky. It's a little different between state lines in Ohio and Indiana. Ohio, not all teams make the playoffs. Indiana, you make a playoff game, and there you go. But yeah, I think it starts this Friday in Indiana, and I don't know the schedule off the top of my head. I thought it was Richmond and Connersville that always starts it off, but I'm not quite sure. I'm hoping to be able to listen a lot of games throughout this year. And I'll have social media links where you can follow along people to follow along, stations to listen to. That's kind of what I'm hoping for episode 58. Hopefully it's enjoyable. I have a couple of interviews, hopefully piping down, piping in, piping. I don't know why I'm talking about piping, but I got a couple of interviews that I like to see happen. Not sure if they will or not, but I am excited for this podcast. Like I mentioned a couple episodes before doing this podcast I'm really excited about it I still wish that the podcast itself was more popular but at the same time the people that listen to it do enjoy it so I, I am happy about that and thank you for your listenership throughout this you know this string of episodes that wording could have been better but lo and behold I didn't The Dragons did end up being swept by the Great Lakes loons, meaning the Dragons have lost eight in a row, and they're coming home tonight. They're taking on the captains of Lake County for a couple games. Eight losses in a row, but six of those eight have been by one run. So the Dragons have been competitive, but that's still an eight-game slide, and that put Dayton in last place in the playoff run time is not smiling on these dragons they're not dead but they're running out of time to jump back up and they got to start with lake county tonight at seven and good seats are available if you like watching me tweet about the game it's at the Lee w mallon it looks like hamilton Big Blue and Sinclair Tartan Pride and Moorhead State Eagle Patrick McGuff gets the ball. He's now 1-4 with a 4.39 ERA. Like I mentioned, while working the Dayton Dragons games, you rarely see locals. I mean, when you see someone from the state of Ohio, it's like, hey, I kind of know where that place is, except when I have to look it up, because I don't. But Dragons have had a couple locals, not a lot during their time in Dayton, Ohio, this would be the latest one. I Still think it's Dan Jensen, the last one. He pitched in Dayton a couple years back, and then went to independent ball with Florence and the Freedom. I still can't believe college sports are starting very, very soon. In fact, women's soccer for both Wright State and Dayton—they are on the road. Flyers at James Thomas james madison excuse me and wright state is at louisville and then home matches start saturday the men's soccer season begins collegiately there will be exhibition matches at both wright state and dayton on saturday i hope you join me out at alumni field and then back to bojan field the raiders have longwood and the flyers have ohio state the I believe the women's soccer exhibition was free. Not quite sure on the men's, but like I said before, tickets are cheap at Wright State. You, you can come into the games for free at UD. So there you go. College soccer starting again. I'm pretty pumped. I guess I'll close out episode 57 by talking a little bit more about the podcast. I'm still really, really pumped that I got to interview Jack Pohl and. Hutch Connerman from Channel 2, and that's back at episode 55, if you haven't listened to it yet. But I'm hoping to get more interviews, hoping to get more voices on here, because let's face it, me talking about things where I'm kind of, you know, well, this way's great, but that way, that's a thing too. I I don't know how many people enjoy that too much, but there you go. If you have any suggestions on what you want me to talk about, as long as it's able to be tied into the local Sunday sports scene give me a shout you know give me a shout out and let me know what you like to hear on an episode not guaranteeing that will happen either ever or you know quick quickly but I want to make this podcast not just because I like hearing myself talk or I like doing this but I want to make it where I'm sharing my love of Cincinnati and Dayton Ohio Sports to you, the listener. And hopefully that's enjoyable. So again, if you got ideas for episodes, you can tweet me either at Gem on Queen Crown, that's the podcast, or at the Lee W Mowen, that's the me. You know, me. I, I tweet about sports there. Facebook page, give it a like, the gem on the queen's crown please review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. I got my first one a while back now, and whenever I go back and read it, I'm quite happy that someone actually likes it. So, huzzah. And you can go to the press kits, theleewmallon.com slash podcast. You can listen to that 30-second promo I made, and you can listen to this podcast on your favorite platform, and take it on the go from here to there and the four corners of the news world bangkok london what was that third city and cincinnati (laughs) Uh, i can't promise that les Nessman will be doing the podcast though so there you go episode 57 winds down finally here on the gem on the queen's crown Talk to you for the big high school football episode. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Gem on the Queen's Crown. Closing theme provided by Alexander Nakarada from Free PD. Dot com. For every available platform to listen to the podcast, please visit the slash podcast. For podcast updates, like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown, and on Twitter, follow the podcast at Gem on Queen Crown and the host at The Lee W. Mowen.